You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Real Vision's Daily Briefing. It's Monday, April 4th, and we are coming to you live from the Real Vision Macro Experience event out in San Diego. And look who's here with me, Tommy Thornton from Hedge Fund Telemetry. Uh, he's here along with a lot of our other all-stars, and we're going to be unpacking uh, a lot of topics. Tommy, great to see you. Nice seeing you. It's great to uh, finally meet and do this in person. It's Fantastic. That's right. That's, this is the first time Tommy and I are meeting, even though you guys see us live all the time. I know. And it's, it's, it's a perfect time, right? It's going to be a great week to talk about this because we have a lot going on in the markets. Um, it's midday here. We know U, uh, U.S. stocks just closed, though. And it kind of feels like we're in this a little bit of a holding pattern. We saw stocks rally today. We had some big moves. Twitter, we're going to talk about that in a moment. But it seems like this pause and everyone's trying to figure out what comes next. So why don't you just sort of set the scene for us? Like, Where are you thinking about the markets? Well, we've seen extremes. We were at extremes coming into the year at the highs, and then we just had a major buying opportunity. And now we're kind of fading a little bit. And yeah. we had the mega cap stocks leading the charge today, and the equal weight S&P was mostly flat. I just think that right now it's a little precarious. Uh, I think that earnings starting in the next week are going to be really a big tell of what's happened with inflation, wage inflation, input costs uh, across the board are really going to affect a lot of companies. And consumer demand too. Right? And consumer demand. I think there are some signs that there is some demand destruction starting. So we'll see. Well, we, we know that people are feeling inflation. We know that. Which is a question is how much is it sort of impacting their behavior and how much is showing up now and what's coming? I mean, it's it's a really hard time to gauge what's happening, right? Because you have, um, and I think this is one of the themes we're going to talk about this week, Raul and I touched on on Friday, you have the, the macro environment and it feels like maybe we're entering a different period, we know with interest rates, but then you've had these shocks, right? The coming out of the pandemic, still working through that. Now you have the shock of war, you have commodities, kind of hard to figure out what's going on here. How much of it is, is sort of a structural shift to something else and how much of it is, is maybe temporary factors? Well, there's been two main catalysts that I've been watching First is the Fed, and that to me is the most important thing happening right now. Ukraine and Russia came into the, into play, mm -hmm. and hopefully we see some sort of ceasefire or just de-escalation. Uh, it's just been tragic. But the Fed, let's talk about it a little bit. They are going to see next week a CPI number that is going to be red hot, yeah. red hot, and maybe the highest in our careers that we've seen as professionals. So what what's the Fed going to do? There's six weeks in between the, the last meeting and the next meeting. I think the Fed could do an emergency hike. I, I, I think Really? It, well, here's the other thing. The market- So a hike in between their regularly scheduled yeah. meetings doesn't happen. It used to happen more often. It rarely happens now. And usually when it does, it's easing because there's some sort of you know global crisis or something. Correct. So and I can't- I don't even know. When's the last time they did an emergency hike? I don't even know. It's been a while. I think they did early 2000s or right after yeah, 2000s. Yeah, okay. So it's been. I don't know. I, yeah. You know, historians, 
Let me know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, somebody look it up. But it's been a lot. But the fact that we can't remember means it's been a long time since that happened. Oh, yeah. and But they have cover to do it because the market has risen off the lows. And I don't think that they care about the market. And so if that happens, it'll restore some credibility. And I think they'll do 50 at the, at the May meeting in the first week of May. And if they do that, they're going to have a, a lot of, of their, you know, I think they want to be, you know, over 2%. I think they're going to get, um, get there probably maybe into summer. So I, I think that's a good thing. I think it's also important because this CPI is going to be really hot. And that was due to Ukraine and you had wheat prices and all the grains and everything was so high. Crude was at 130. Uh, you had this and now everything in the commodity sector or the markets have come down and they've given back a lot of that Ukraine boost. So the Which next- Which is important, not the big gains, but that last yeah, spike I up. I don't necessarily, I'm not a super bear on commodities that we're gonna see this big drop, but I think it's gonna level off at a higher level from where we were. And the other thing is, the Fed should go as aggressive as possible because the April CPI, which will be uh, announced after, I believe it's after the May meeting, will probably come in a little lighter than what we have. So now's the cover for them to try to ch yeah, catch, because, you know, make up the ground that yeah, being behind the curve. You're going to hear all the people come on TV say, "Oh, Fed mistake," or you know, "Policy mistake." Uh, they're they're tightening into. A recession, uh, a, a right? Slowing. Well, and isn't all that, that what the bond market's telling the the longer end of the bond market's telling us that they think that they are about to make a policy mistake, or yeah. that there's going to be the, the collateral damage is going to mean that recession is inevitable. Well, there's a as someone said there is a yield curve for every narrative, yeah. and uh, so, <laughs> which we're going to be talking. I'm stealing that line, by the way, for yeah. one, my introing one of the sessions at this. But I, I, I and I'm not. I mean, there's going to be so many people here that will talk about the yield curve. Yeah. And it's been talked about um, so much, but yes, I think we will probably see a recession. And let's just say it's like 2000 and the tech bubble burst. We never technically went into recession, but you, when you had such high growth and then it came down to basically flat, feels like one. it felt like the end of the world. Right. And so that's a great point because it doesn't, you don't need a negative GDP print for people to be like, wow, things feel like they're bad. Yeah. And, you know? and the Fed needs to do something aggressive because you, you have housing markets. You cannot buy a house these days. It is impossible to buy a house. We walked around this area. Um, we're, we're in a beautiful area, Del Mar. Wow, the reals, we were on, looking at the prices and they're just And there's, there's, there's a lack of inventory, interest rates are going up. It, it will slow, yeah. not fast enough for people that are looking to buy, uh, but I think that's in the, in the cards. I wanna ask you a question um, and send your questions in, we'll take them. Uh, it's not gonna be, we're still getting them. It's a little bit harder when <laughs> you're okay. live trying to get them. But um, I, I do want to ask this because you mentioned commodity prices coming off that Ukraine boost. Um, Shari C uh, from the exchange is asking, crude oil seems to have pulled back notably. Is it a good opportunity here to establish a position if a ceasefire does not materialize in the coming weeks and months? Now, we have no idea, of, no way of knowing about a ceasefire, Russia's plans. We're going to have some geopolitical conversations here trying to tackle that. But just from a trading perspective, are you, are, how are you positioning yourself around energy right now? Well, the energy specialists that I listen to 
they see a, a, a lot of tightness in the market. And they, they believe, even without Ukraine, you have Europe is still going to suffer yeah. with. Uh, so, yeah, I think crude prices can go up, but they may not go up as dramatically as some people. You know, there, there are the, the crude uh, bulls that think we're going to be at $200 a barrel. That maybe could happen, but I think it's more likely that we're going to stay within a 10 to 20% range uh, from here to higher. And I've, I've been trading it up and down a little bit. What about the equities? Because some of those some of those oil companies have seen big gains mm-hmm. over the course of the year. Do you, do you jump on things in the equity space, on the energy space from here, or does it feel like you want to wait and see? I, I want to see the equities come in a little bit. Mm. If I get a 5% drop in equities, um, XLE or XOP, you know, yeah, I'm in. I'll buy. But right now, I think that it's a little frothy. Exxon gave some guidance, which wasn't necessarily stunning. So I think they're going to be conservative as well. Yeah, it sounds like they, they always are, but it sounds like they're going to be. What about, what are you looking for? You mentioned earnings are going to be key here. What are you looking, what do you want to hear? And and is it going to be sector by sector? How are you going to approach this? Okay, so one thing that's really interesting is the financials will kick it off. And we've seen other quarters where the financials have gone up into the quarter, into their numbers, and then they fade. This quarter, they're down significantly into their numbers. And I know that there are less deals that have happened this quarter. You've had a lot of stuff with you know, nervousness with Ukraine. Yeah, a lot of, and, I th- there's and, a great, uh, we were circulating a story about the number of deals that have been pulled. It right. was larger than some of us. And, and, and you're talking Europe and US too. Exactly. And it's it's debt deals. It's a lot of things that it's going to be a lot slower. So are these prices built in here? Mm. And I think we'll see. I think we'll see how that goes. I'm looking at them as, as longs. That's there. I wrote about it today. I think we're getting closer to longs they're getting exhausted on the downside so i'll take advantage of them i want to buy the financials it's hard when you also have interest rates that are they're not going up you have a yield curve that is inverting i mean it's it's not ideal Mm. but if it steepens i think the financials will be better off let's just say what about what about tech this is a you know, we saw them moving again. I thought everyone was in this environment when you have a higher interest rate environment, all future earning companies, you know, it's not going to be, we're going to see rotation, we're going to go into value and defense, and right. yet some of the things that have been rallying have been tech again. I know. They just forget the narrative that they had. Oh, high interest rates are going to kill tech. Yeah, I've heard it from some really smart people, some people that are going to be speaking here, <laughs> and it hasn't mattered. You can tell uh, it's going to be, we're going to have some good conversations. Oh, yeah, it's going to no, be like good. you said on that yeah, time. you. <laughs> Julian. Um, <laughs> He's actually doing, Julian Brinkton, doing that daily briefing on Wednesday. It's not often that oh, our I'm gonna audience. Come I'm going to come over there and just like, the side. yeah, I'm going to be like. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I'll, be, I'll be sure to ask him. I'll put your question well, in, Tom. Well, the thing is with um, with tech, you've had a lot of the mega cap names. Um, Microsoft went down hard. Apple went down hard. Amazon was down. They're back to a little yeah. higher levels or at where they were near their highs. And you still have semiconductors not moving up as they had. Um, you know, there's been some gains. I, I was long NVIDIA and AMD recently and, you know, take some profits. I think it's really 
my main focus this year has been tactical trading. I think that we just, you cannot get so comfortable in anything, long or short, to where you can say, oh, I'm going to look out 12 months on anything. I mean, I, I'm doing a panel on what's going to happen for the next 12 months. I'm going to tell people uh, every day is a new day. Don't be complacent. Uh, take trades, take profits and limit your losses. Uh, and don't, you know, don't be stubborn. This yeah. is a market that you just have to, you know, keep moving. That, it's a, that's a tough environment. It's really tough. Hey, everyone, we're going to take a quick break right now to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. We, we, I, I did notice the last, I think it was last week, I started to hear just a little bit, but Tina come back into the conversation. There is no alternative. Is that, given what you just said, that does not sound like a strategy that should, people should, uh, or it's not, never was a strategy, I guess, but in effect, do you think that effect is in play? Do you think equities are getting flows just because there doesn't seem to be another place people can figure out where they want to put their money in? Well, what I've seen in the last two years are people are chasers. People will chase whatever's green. Meme stocks are going up. I saw let's that. Buy them. Last end of last week, hugely. You get tech moving, let's buy tech. It's yeah. easy. And then the music stops and there's no chair and look out. So that that's that's kind of what I'm I'm watching. And they bought energy, they bought yeah. they bought commodities and they got bagged at the highs. So that's the problem. Is this stock rally over for now? I think we, we touched on it before, but this is a big question for people. Okay, we bounce. Some people are saying it's a bear market bounce. It's over. You, you know, you got to get out. Other people feel like, you know what, maybe there is because of some of the things we're talking about. You know, there's just a constant bid to the market and, and you can still play equities and that maybe the earnings are going to be better than we think and surprise on the upside. It, 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 it's all a matter of perspective and positioning. So let's just say the market continues to, you know, travel a little higher into numbers. I think then the market will sell off. It's just if we were down on, and and expectations were really low, I think then it's easier to, you know, oh they came out with just okay numbers, but the stock rallies. So I, I just think that you could have some good numbers, and you might see some sell-offs just yeah. because people get too long, and they're not positioned properly. So yeah, I, I don't think it's Tina. I think it's more FOMO. I think people yeah. are, are want to jump on that green, you know, highway to prosperity. That's the... Well, and when things move, they move so much that if you do that, yeah. sometimes you're making a lot of money, but you just have to watch out because it's, you know, when it, when it turns, you're going you're yeah, to get and, hit and, with that. And I'm real good at market extremes. And right now, like Raul said on Friday, mm -hmm. We're kind of at a place in the middle where we don't know where we're going to go. Are we going to go higher? We could, but we're going to need other sectors to come in and and do some lifting. But I think it is a bear market. I think we're going to see earnings tail off because of inflation, because the Fed is going to raise rates aggressively. I, and, and not every time the Fed raises rates, 
that the markets sell off. Sometimes yeah, it's that's just right. a that's very it. sustainable market and economic trend. But I think what we've seen in the last couple of years, we've seen things that a lot of economists can't explain. Yeah. Um, speaking of FOMO and momentum, mm -hmm. what do you make of Elon Musk taking a stake in Twitter? Huge gain in, in Twitter stock today. Yeah. It, it, it's not that surprising. I mean, he's talked about doing something with social media and, and he's on social media and he's made a pretty good uh, <laughs> uh, market for himself in uh, Tesla stock and crypto stocks and or cryptocurrencies. And so, yeah, it kind of makes sense. But the thing that I don't understand is he's talking about like freedom of speech or freedom of the press and all, you know, all this, mm. uh, what people can say or can't say, you know, he's a CEO of a trillion dollar company. And so you have consequences of what you say and what you can he's already can't say. He's been already ensnared in some oh, yeah. trouble around that because you have a lot of compliance rules about fair disclosure, public fair disclosure of, you know, when you're, so there are a lot, I mean, there's a lot of regulation around that. Yeah. And, you know, fake buyouts, you know, it's a, it's a thing, you know, it's a something, you know, a little. So do you, what would you, with that huge game, what would you do with Twitter stock today? If anybody was holding it, I mean, did, I was long, not, I, I, and I sold it recently, not, it was just a, a trade. Uh, I would have sold some and I told some people to sell it and it could go a little bit more. It's, Tesla it's was cheap. also up. Someone yeah. said, why is Tesla up if he's buying a stake in Twitter? And I said, I, I'm not, I, I don't know. Oh, yeah. it, it, Just because it's, it's Elon Musk, right? Because people are buying calls and it's a gamma squeeze and it's jump on the, you know, it's green, go, you know, yeah. it must be good. But they just came out with their deliveries and they were a little light of consensus. And when I say a little light, uh, we're talking 7,000 cars. And for a major automaker, 7,000 cars would never be an issue. Yeah. But with Tesla, it, it you know, they, they calculated to the, you know, the thousand, not, you know, hundred thousand or, you know, it's just the, the crazy thing is that estimates actually came down. And I heard of a, a the Tesla IR the investor relations sent around to the sell side analysts that cover Tesla. And they said, where are you on your estimates? Okay, now there is a very well-known analyst. Uh, I, I will say he's on a lot talking about Tesla. He always has a very high price target. He covers Apple. He has the highest price target there too. His number came in a lot lower and it moved the numbers, the consensus lower. But a week ago, he was telling people on Twitter that they were going to beat the street estimates by 15%. So, you know, it's just one of those things that... I gotta be careful. Well, it's not just that. I just think it's a bit unethical. Right. Let's just say that. But look, their numbers are, are they're up 67% uh, year over year. That sounds great. But quarter it's over nuts. quarter, they're flat. It's with, it, they're up half of 1%, you know, whatever. And look, everybody, all the... Automakers have supply chain issues. They have, um, you know, chip, chip shortages. Yeah, it's still. It, so look, they have. We're hanging I, on to such an old car, and we're, we're we 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 have to keep this thing running until, until yeah, the supply well, chain. I feel like so many people feel the same so way. So demand destruction. 
when prices go up, demand can fall off. The Model Y, which is Tesla's best-selling car probably, I, between Model 3 and Y, they don't break it out. But it's $63,000 now. Yeah. That's a big ticket, yeah. especially with all the chaos happening in the world. The markets are, are down. Yeah, I when think people that's tough. start to feel that, you know, we're not we're not sure where we are with that psychology yet. Because yes, we feel inflation, but you, you know, you, you're not sure how much that sinks in until you go through, you know, you go through it for a little while, and people really start to feel it squeezing every part of their life. Oh wow, we just had a, a big dump of questions. I think our I think the Wi-Fi is a little bit delayed, so I just want to get to some of them. Um, Ava asking, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the Fed's QT plans, quantitative tightening, starting to roll that the, the extreme, you know, extraordinary measures off. Do you see it happening considering the current curve, yield curve inversion? Yes, I do see it. I, I, they, the Fed has a mandate from the president to control inflation. They have to do something. They will do everything they possibly can. Raising rates, uh, rolling off... Uh, the balance sheet, they, they will do that. It's not, it may not be the end of the world, but they're going to be aggressive Yeah. and they have to, they did so much Yeah. and they're going to need the bullets because a lot of people are already now talking, there's going to be a recession in the next few quarters, probably maybe not 2022, but 2023. Right. Uh, John is asking, from the RV site, what happens to the market in case of an emergency hike? Is that a message that the economy is in a good place? Keep current dots in place, but speed up the hiking cycle. I think you think yes, right? Like this is their moment to try to get as much done as they can before the narrative changes and people are like, what are you doing now? You're Even though that's what they're supposed to do. Yeah, that's I, the intent of the hiking is to slow slow the economy and take the steam off. Once yeah, that's and that's happening. The stock market will come down. It should. And if it doesn't, they're going to hike more. That's I, I it's that's not like the reason why they're hiking yeah. necessarily, but I think that they have the cover to hike, and they're not going to have a Fed put uh, well under four thousand, and and that will that will sting. That may take quarters, but yes, the market will probably freak out and probably go up the next day because because <laughs> that's the world we're Elon living in Musk right now. will say something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter, now that he has a, I hit the major stakeholder. Um, also, you know, the midterms are coming up in the U.S., and even though the Fed is supposed to be non-political, um, the more they can do away from an election, they probably want to. They don't like to be making big moves around an election one way or the other um, yeah. in that time frame. So that might. I, th I think you're right on on that, and I think the midterm elections are going to be a complete. It's going to be chaos, and just. I, I turn off the news at night. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. And I think that you're also going to see the president, he's going to have to make a decision on if he's going to run in 2024. And that's going to happen maybe after the midterms. Then everything starts to reshuffle. Yeah. And that'll be interesting. But yeah. we're getting too far out. We'll we talk, are. We'll we talk are. about that That's in, in six the 12 months. months. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah. six months. Put that, write that down. <laughs> Um, John from the RV site asking, in your opinion, are we in 1994 to be followed by massive growth rally from 95 to 2000, or does it feel like more like 2007 to be followed by a massive crash? Mm, wow. Part I, of the problem is we don't, it, it's hard to tell, right? Well, I think that's what I'm hearing from a lot of you guys. Well, one of the things that, I mean, look, 1994, we had, we had a bond market that did sell off, which, and tech stocks did go down. 
But we had a revolution happen with yeah. technology. You had Windows 95, you had the internet, you had people were buying desktop computers, they were buying everything because you can connect your, your house mm -hmm. and your office to the internet. And for a lot of people, they don't gains. realize just how incredible that was, but that was what lifted so much and innovation was rampant. We had a lot of that continue and accelerate through the pandemic, but a lot of people are wondering if it pulled forward a lot of what we would be seeing in terms of that. I think there's a lot of companies out there that have not gone public and there's hopefully a lot will in the coming year uh, because I think that would be good for the market. I think we need competition. It's a great point. We yeah. haven't, there, there has been kind of, with all of that's going on, we talked about deals getting pulled, but there has been a lull on that front too. And the SPAC thing, there people people that have SPACs are, they gave, I read something today, they've given back $11.7 uh, billion in, in SPAC deals. They're not going to do them. And there's new rules for SPACs. You know, it's not as easy as it was. Uh, yeah. And a lot of people got pulled into into that, you know, those trades, and it's been tough. A lot. I know a lot of you were always cautious about all of them, but well, it just was the wild west. Anybody can go public tomorrow. Yeah. We're going to take another quick break to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Are you looking at uh, what, where, where do you see the risks? Because the other, I think notable thing about the period we're in, I think, is that, you know, you have not only the uncertainty in Europe and what happens there based on what they have to deal with from a policy perspective, you have interesting things happening in Asia, you have China. Um, for a while, we were watching and talking about SoftBank. There's been some changes there, but, you know, that there's going to be a lot coming out that this year from China. They have their big five-year uh, plans unveiled. Um, Weston's been all over. The yen had huge moves last week, and everybody's like, okay, wait a minute. Forex is doing some really interesting things. Not sure what's going to happen there, but it feels like it's big. Where do you see the, where do, what are the risks that you worry about? Well, J Japan, um, I think I was talking to you a couple of weeks ago about it. Kuroda said, we're going to, we're going to keep bombing our, our, our yen. We're, we can let it devalue. That's mm -hmm. fine. That's what we want. And they said, we're going to stay on the same path with our central bank policy, which is basically counter to every other central bank. That's why the yen went, went down. And I think there's risk there. There's always been a risk in Japan, but it's never materialized. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to speculate on when, but there's 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 big risk there. I I think the big risk is really in the U.S. with mm. um with what the the Fed does because there's so much concentrated wealth in the U.S. and you've had so many foreign asset buyer I mean buyers of funds and sovereign wealth funds and governments Swiss governments but so much U.S. equity. If that starts to slow down and you've had a lot of inflows, I mean, 2021 had the biggest inflows of any year in the last 20 years combined. 
if we go down a little bit more, those inflows could turn to outflows. Mm. And I've called them future sellers. So let's watch out for the future sellers. So what, what, how are you positioned now? What are some of the things you like? Or do you feel like you're mostly short? Or are you, you know, how are you approaching this? Um, I'm, I, I was, like a couple of weeks ago, I was massively long. And I've evened out my exposure uh, more, a little bit short right now. Uh, I have, that was good that you were massively long a couple of weeks Yeah, it worked out. And now some of my shorts are not working out so well. But uh, as far as on the long side, I like Paramount, uh, the studio, and uh, you know, it was Viacom. Yeah. Uh, I think they're doing really well with their streaming. And they have a good slate of films coming out. And, That's interesting. That's a really competitive and space. And it's really, really cheap. Ah. It's a very cheap company. And... As Mario Gabelli has said, it, you know, they're not making new waterfront properties, and this is a waterfront property. So I like that a lot. Uh, I like a couple tech stocks. I like Palantir. I mean, everybody's like, how could you like them? But the government is spying on us. They're, they're <laughs> spying, you know, they're using their technology. Companies are spying on employees. <laughs> they're not going to stop that. It's just going to get worse. They're, there's only, it's a bull market for that. And, I mean, Palantir is kind of a tricky company. I think there's some shorts involved. Uh, Kathy Wood sold it at the bottom. I was happy to buy it at those levels, and I think it still could go. What about yeah? What about what about the arc? I mean, people use that as a kind of barometer. Um, a, a few different people that had, we had on were kind of saying, "Gosh, it's so, it sold off so much that mm -hmm. it kind of looks interesting." But then there's this hesitation, like the timing seems. Yeah. I mean, how do you feel about? Well, I was short a while ago and I covered and, you know, it was a 40% gain. I was like, mm, great, you know. <laughs> but the, the thing that's interesting is everything in that portfolio has just been mauled. Everything. Yeah. I mean, from the Roku to Palantir. And the only one that really hasn't is Tesla. And it's her largest holding. And it keeps going up. But if that has some sort of you know, slip on a banana peel type day. Uh, let's say the SEC has a, you know, knocks on the door of Tesla and full self-driving becomes something that's not or regulated out. I think Tesla could be a real problem. So that would be the last straw for, for ARC. I don't want to buy, you know, companies that don't make money. And there's a yeah. lot of people I know and smart people that said, I want to buy ARC because it's oversold. But in my in my personal process, I like to buy companies that do make money and are not unprofitable. And most of her companies are unprofitable. So yeah, there'll be reflex bounces, but it's not for me. That's an important point because some people look at things and say, wow, it's really beat up. I mean, I think I think a lot of people do that when they're thinking about something. It's, it's beat up. Look how much it's come off the high. Yeah. It's hard. You can't really use that parameter though, can you? Alone. Mm. You can, but you need to look at some other things, I would think too, because maybe it'll never go back to as high as it got. So one thing I've, I, I do look at, I look at uh, individual stocks with put, call, put and call buying. So if I see a company that has a lot of call buying, usually the price is starting to lift. And, you know, a lot of people on TV will say, oh, you know, that's the smart money buying. It's actually the dumb money buying. And in ARC, every time it's lifted, after a little bit of a lift, the call buying comes in. And then when it goes down, you have people buying puts. Mm. And that's usually 
what happens is they squeeze higher on with heavy put buying. So the, you know, just people are buying puts on the lows and buying calls on the highs. And it's a, it's a hopeful trade. I'm hoping it goes up. I'm buying calls. Oh, I think it's going to go lower. I hope it goes lower. I'm buying puts. You can almost do the opposite. And that's been like a theme that we've been watching probably for the last year because interest hasn't really factored in. And you had you have so many new people in the market. They're buying calls. They're buying puts. The derivative activity is enormous. Yeah, it, it is, isn't it? I mean, it's not part of the market that a lot of people watch. Certainly, you know, some people just starting out don't watch. And but it holds it holds a lot of important information. You're kind of blind to some things going on if you're not paying attention to that. Yeah, I I have a few uh, derivative traders that are on my you know, my chat rooms and I, I, they know where the bodies are buried. We've talked about this before. Yeah, actually, they know the where the bodies are, are buried. They yeah. do. They see where the big money will turn to, you know, buys or sells and they just know, they just know. So get to know your local derivative trader and, uh, <laughs> just take, around the corner, take, we'll, a, <laughs> take them out for drinks and he'll tell you where everything's buried. You know, the bodies are buried. And if not, we'll try to get some, get some more to come on to, to sort of talk to us just about some of the trends they're seeing. Tommy, we're gonna have so many good conversations this week. Um, it's going to be fun to see all of you guys and some of the regular uh, daily briefing guests yeah, on Tony Greer, Jared Dillian's here. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, Jared's here? Jared's here. Oh, I'm out. <laughs> no, he's he's one of my buds. Actually, he's right over now. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's great. It's going to it's going to be great. We're going to have some good conversations. Um, if you uh, want to join along to the conversation, there are virtual tickets available. Um, and I think there's some deals going on as well. You can find that at www.realvision forward slash, I always mess this up, forward slash macro experience. Um, and we'll be back again live tomorrow. Mish Schneider is another one who's here. I don't think you've ever met Mish in person, have you? Not in person. I haven't either. I can't wait. Um, but we have, she's someone we don't have on the daily briefing all the time. She's usually um, behind the paywall, but we're going to bring her on live so you get a little taste of some of this stuff. She's, she's a fan favorite. Um, and has a lot of good information, a longtime commodity person. So bring your commodity questions tomorrow for mission. We will try to field as many as we can. In the meantime, have a great rest of your day. Take care and good luck out there. We'll see you tomorrow. What's up, revolutionaries? Thanks for tuning in to the Real Vision Daily Briefing. For more content like this, head over to realvision.com and get unfiltered access to the very best, brightest, and biggest names in finance. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com.